Hi everyone, this is Nick from the Queer Q, and I am here with H.A. Mattioli of Mattioli Productions. Hey everybody, thank you so much for inviting me to be on uh, this program with you. Yeah, thank you for being on here with me. So I really wanted to start out and really understand what was the impetus behind starting Mattioli Productions? Well, the reason I started a production company in, as a whole, queer or not, uh, was I was working for a lot of uh, producers who I felt were hitting the, uh, before the Me Too ever happened, was, were, I, was, I was watching all of that harassment happen on sets, and, um, and I was seeing how they treated their actors, and how they treated their crew, and how uh, even when they weren't, you know, sexually harassing, you know, the women on set, they were, uh, you know, talking down to the crew, underpaying the crew. Uh, and I really felt that after 10 years of, of doing that and working for other people that I could do it better and I could do it more fair and I can do it uh, in a way that doesn't jeopardize people's morals. Uh, and then I said to myself, well, why am I, why not focus on what I know, you know, which is queer culture and centered around that. So for me, it was a double, you know, a double bonus. It was, you know, I get to, a, make movies in the right way and treat people with the respect they deserve, and then B, also cater to my community, which has a lot of movies, but maybe not as curated uh, as, as many of us would like. Uh, so that's kind of why I started um, the production side of it. Uh, Distribution-wise, I started doing that because I felt that I would see these amazing movies, and then I would go into queer filmmakers um, to their to their website and it would be the only movie that they made. And I just felt that maybe they weren't making money and, and why are they not making money? And then I looked at my old films that were with bigger distribution companies and they weren't making money. Um, so I just said, you know what? I can do this better. Maybe not get the same uh, platforms, maybe not be able to get to Netflix, maybe not be able to get to Hulu, but at least be able to get on platforms uh, that will generate money for the queer community. and keep the money rainbow, as I like to say. Uh, my money's rainbow, it's not green. Uh, so that's kind of how I got into the distribution end of it. Um, I also love short films and I, I give uh, short film, queer short films a chance to thrive after the festival circuit. Uh, so, so yeah, that's kind of why I got into both of these things. Yeah, I, I love the short film angle because I think we've noticed that a lot of great content, a lot of the newer voices in queer cinema, and especially cinema in general, we really start out as, you know, short film creators. So it's such a great way to be able to really nurture the voice of an artist and filmmaker by providing that platform and then helping them develop more content. Yeah, um, yeah. I have two follow-up questions because you said a lot of really great things. So um, I'm really curious, you know, keeping the money queer, I would love to know exactly, you know, um, what foundations, organizations that you work with that, you know, really helps our community with, um, you know, the type of profits that you receive for distributing themselves. Yeah. So um, what, I mean, obviously I put my movies on Amazon, like I'm not, you know, I want to, again, making money for, for the, the clients are my number one priority. And people feel more comfortable putting in their credit card information into a company like Amazon because they know them. However, 
I push, 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 push people to watch the movies on the queer outlets that I work with. Uh, some of those uh, outlets are companies like Reverie.com, companies like Here, uh, Here TV is fantastic. Uh, then you you have new companies popping up called ones called Gay Binge uh, and Together Magic, and they are subscription based and t uh, transactional video on demand based. Uh, so you have a lot. You have Strong Voices Television, which is a company that that has been supporting me since the beginning uh, of the distribution, you know, uh, facet of the company. Um, Deco is, if I didn't say Deco, Deco is another great one. Uh, then you have companies that aren't necessarily uh, queer 100% uh, as far as what's on their platform, but are queer and marginalized community uh, pushing those pushing those stories forward and putting them to the, the forefront. And one of those companies is uh, Fearless Streaming, which I highly recommend. They uh, really tr are very curated Netflix type uh, subscription based programming. Uh, that's all, you know, very well curated, but not stuck watching, you know, a lot of time we, we, we watch gay movies because they're gay, right? And it's like, mm -hmm. we want to support the community. Um, but sometimes those movies aren't, you know, they're not as good as the heterosexual counterpoints or the counterparts because they don't have the money in them. So what we do is we, we make sure that, you know, uh, companies like Fearless and, and, you know, through my company, Mattioli Productions and, sites like that are really curated to make sure that my films and the films I represent are on a higher level of production value. Uh, so Fearless definitely does that. And see, that's incredible because I think that a lot of issues that we find within the queer community when trying to create content is trying to find that great production value because we have so many limited resources. Yes, yes. And it can be done, you know, I mean, you just, you, you know, I always say crowdfund, crowdfund, crowdfund. People really do want to support. They want to have the option to watch quality made films, you know, um, reach out to your, your local, you know, if you're writing a movie, write something that is producible. Don't, don't do something on a helicopter, do something in a bar, you know, if, you know, if you're doing something in a bar or in a community center or in an apartment, it's a lot easier to get access to those venues than it is to get a helicopter. You know, be smart about your writing. Um, you know, understand that you can make a movie for, you know, you can make a short for $5,000. I, I do it all the time. You know, uh, you can make a feature for $40,000. You can, you know, and still pay people the proper amount. You have to be smart when you're writing and developing that script. You know, uh, making sure that, you know, don't put, you know, you don't need the, the cast of Carousel with 25 people in it, you know. Limit it. Keep, keep it to uh, keep it to the story and three characters. You know, um, and and make your make your art. You know, and, and you can make that good for a cheaper amount. Yeah, I think that is great advice. You know, for filmmakers, for anybody who's watching this. You know, it's like we definitely have when we shoot to the moon to try and do everything that we can with you know just following any of our ideas but it's always good to be realistic and trying to find a way to tell that story in a very advantageous way so i know that a lot of filmmakers who want to get into the industry and put content out there you know it's something that they really need to keep in mind and i think it's great 
that your company is able to shepherd these artists to be able to create work that is, you know, realistically driven in terms of production. Um, and then just being able to provide that safe space and a safe production environment, because like you mentioned earlier, there are so many accounts of people who are bullied and harassed on sets and dealing with so many people within the industry. And it's so important to be able to have that environment and create that environment for people to know that it is a safe space to be able to work on their craft to create art. Have you run into a lot of those issues dealing with toxicity on, you know, um, sets and working with production teams or have heard any of those stories? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I will say that it's less now uh, that we have, you know, more, um, we have intimacy coordinators come to set now, you know, which is a huge, you know, huge thing. Um, but on the independent circuit, uh, I will say now that I've catered predominantly to the LGBTQ, you know, IA plus community, uh, we just happen to have less of those issues. There's there's more of a respect level I feel in our community uh, that 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 get, that stuff gets shut down, you know, immediately. So I'm lucky enough to say that since I've started to pretty much predominantly only work within the independent queer circuit, uh, those issues aren't coming up as much as as they used to. Uh, fully, fully aware that that is because I am keeping to small, independent, you know, queer things, and that if I was on the more the larger level scale things, those things are still rapid uh, and rampant. Um, you know, I, I actually have a movie coming up called, uh, you know, Guys at Parties Like It. Uh, that that's a very Me Too inspired film. Uh, you know, because I know those things are still happening uh, out there, and even though I'm in my lovely, safe, beautiful, queer bubble. Uh, that is not the reality <laughs> of, of what's going on, you know. Uh, so those, those things are still there. I think I was able to, I'm very privileged to be able to have gotten away from that, uh, that type of filmmaking, that, that casting couch filmmaking. I'm very blessed to be able to, to really cater uh, to the community that I cater to. And, and because of that, we are a little bit more, uh, woke as the kids say yeah. <laughs> about what we should be doing or what we shouldn't be doing well i think that really raises a good point because you know a lot of people who are trying to put content out there you know they're looking for those big fish production companies and distribution companies you know working with big streamers big networks and you know because these are such huge titans in the industry they really have, you know, the complexity of not fostering the best creative environment. And so even though they can reach a wider platform, the experience for filmmakers and artists in the queer community who have faced a lot of these issues of harassment and discrimination, they're able to find a place regardless of, you know, the reach that it provides, but it provides them a space outside of this industry where they can actually create art. So I think it's, you know, even though this is like a queer bubble, I think it's so important that as Hollywood is changing, as we're, you know, making sure that we're doing 
what we need to be doing that's right for people in the industry. I think what first has to happen is we have to create those safe havens for artists. And so I think that it's very important that what you're doing is providing that because a lot of queer people working in the industry, you know, they don't know that that is a pathway to success where they don't have to deal with so many issues. Yeah, yeah. You really, you, you know, you really can, you know, be a success and not have your yourself on those major platforms. Um, you can, you know, I think it's important to, you know, I treated these queer platforms the way I treat gay bars. You know, I, yeah, like it's lovely to think in in the grand scheme of things, like how nice would it be to have, you know, straight bars and gay bars and not and and combined and not have to label them. And I'm like. Yeah, but there's something about our culture that would be lost if we did that. And I feel the same way about our films. Like, you know, there's something about going to a network that is just filled with content made for me that you don't get with Netflix, you don't get with Hulu, you don't get with those major things. And even though they are coming around, they are getting more and more, I still am pushing the queer outlets because... The, a, they were the ones that were there for us from the from the beginning. They were trying to get your stuff out there. And two, you know, it's not going to some major corporation. It's going to an individual like you and me who are just trying to to get you know queer content out there. Uh, and and you know, no one that works for Reverie is a millionaire, right? No one that works for Hero TV is a millionaire. But you bet your ass the guy that works for Netflix is a millionaire. You know, um, so so I think it's also important to remember, like, these people were there from the beginning that you should be supporting, you know, within your community. You should be keeping that money rainbow. You should be circulating that money queerly, um, you know. Uh, and then we don't want it to be, you know, um, all combined. Because when you all combine, it, it, it waters down the queer. It waters mm -hmm. it down. It waters it down. And then we're just... We went from having, you know, all these queer films to then having five of them predominantly with heterosexuals playing queer people. Uh, and if we don't support these smaller platforms, those movies can't thrive. Uh, so I think it's important to, to kind of push that narrative. Yeah, I think you bring up such a great point because, you know, talking about Reverie, Here TV, Deku, you know, it's like, these are the companies, like you mentioned, that were here from the beginning. They were started with passion, not to make money for themselves, but to make money for the queer community. Yep. And, you know, I like to think of it that way is that, um, you know, there's so much more authenticity in the films that are on those platforms because, you know, like you were saying, we are having so many conversations about representation and what is positive representation. And what we learn is with so much with these larger companies, these streaming services, and these huge production companies is that they appeal to just a general mainstream audience. And so we lose a lot of the authenticity and our representation and the positive representation to trying to appeal to a wider audience. And so, you know, it's like our call to action for anyone who's queer, if you want to support that positive representation, you know, if you want to support these companies that support our community, then that is the best way of pushing it forward is supporting these platforms and ensuring that our representation continuously improves. Yeah. 
So I think, um, you know, talking about the production process, I would love to know just how it works from your side. So it's like, how are you finding these films, these artists? You know, what is your criteria for what you're going to be producing and distributing? Uh, um, so producing and distributing are a little bit different for me. Um, producing wise, uh, I go from, I like to say I go from script to screen. Uh, so essentially scripts come to me. Um, I read them with a fine tooth, tooth comb, uh, making sure there's no problem areas that the story's good. That's a story that hasn't been told a million times. Um, you know, we have enough, you know, there's always more room for more storylines. You know, uh, you know, I don't feel the need to make another coming of age, you know, coming out movie. Um, we have a lot of those, you know, uh, I don't feel the need to, to, to make, you know, um, the movies that are just regurgitating gay stereotypes and, and queer stereotypes. Um, so as long as your film doesn't have that, I'll definitely read it and I'll walk through the process with you. Um, from there, depending on how, how much money the, the writer and the creator have, we then go into pre-production on that. Uh, and then we do everything a basic film does from pre-production to, to, to screening. We uh, just do it with queer people involved instead of uh, heterosexuals, um, at least predominantly queer. Almost my entire crew is queer. Um, as far as distribution goes, uh, we really follow the, the film festival uh, circuit. We, we see what our uh, favorite film festivals are, are showing and uh, even if they're not, like anything that gets into New Fest, even if they don't win an award, it's guaranteed to be good because New Fest is such a curated event. Uh, mm -hmm. New Fest, you have your Outfest, you know, uh, you know, um, any of the, the bigger ones, the Hampton, uh, Hampton LGBTQ Fest, uh, any of the bigger ones we follow. And then Wicked Queer in Boston is another good one that we've gotten a lot of content from. Um, and then randomly enough, uh, just following hashtags uh, on Instagram uh, comes up in a lot of different movies. Uh, and people really, you know, especially for, for shorts and, and uh, lower budget things, people are really excited to hear from me, really excited to get that direct message. Um, you know, I think uh, at this point, the proof is in the pudding. I've been able to do it and I've been able to do it successfully for a little while now. Um, so, you know, and then a lot of films find me. A lot of films will, will write me and find my, my website and uh, really be enthused about what I, what I do. And, and then I watch it and make sure that again, that the production value is good, making sure that sound audio is good, you know, uh, making sure that we're elevating what we're able to watch and what our quality is uh, with each film. Uh, essentially, if I don't, if I don't enjoy it a hundred percent, then I'm not putting it out there. Um, so you know, I, you know, when you know the first questions I ask is like, is this fully done? Is it fully color corrected and sound designed? Uh, one of the biggest issues is always audio. Uh, people don't realize how important good audio is. Um, it's a make or break for the film. Uh, so spend your money on that. Uh, it's worth it. It's actually um, as important as, as a cinematographer. So spend your money on good audio. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so those are things we look for. We want to make sure that nothing looks like it was shot on iPhone. Uh, you know, make sure that, that we get the same things that heterosexuals are so, you know, so privileged and used to getting uh, these high quality programs. I want to be putting out high quality programs constantly the same way you know, your, your everyday mainstream outlet is doing.
and see that's incredible. And it's like you're really providing a really good roadmap for a lot of people who, you know, are looking to create content. So, you know, it's nice being able to hear these tips that you're able to provide people. And it sounds like you do it all. You know, you're <laughs> you're actively seeking out films, you know, you're following the festival circuit, you're giving anyone who reaches out the time of day to check out what they're doing. So that's yeah, I, I take impressive. so many meetings. Like I take so many meetings as people like, hey, even if you're not gonna hire me, if you have some questions you want to ask me, like, you know, I, I just you know gave advice to a, a new movie the other day that wanted to go with another production manager and I literally was there's no hard feelings for me. I'm like, I gave you good advice. I hope you take that advice. I hope you really listen to it. And I hope you do that with this other production manager. Um, you know, I think that, you know, as long as the other production manager is queer, keep that money rainbow. <laughs> you don't have to hire me, but hire some, one of us. Um, you know, uh, so I think a lot of meetings, like, you know, people a lot of times will, you know, even if they can't afford me, I'm just like, you know what? have a conversation with me let's let's talk it through let's make sure you know what you're doing so that they don't they don't get screwed with somebody else you know yeah and i think that's you know that's just a great resource that truly any production or distribution company should be fostering that type of growth and that type of shepherding um, to be able to you know give people the roadmap to be successful and being an asset to them um so I really wanted to know, because you work primarily with a lot of queer streaming services, have you had any experiences working with any of the larger um, streaming services or um, any of the larger platforms that aren't queer specific? And what have those experiences been like? Well, you know, excluding Amazon, we haven't worked with any of the really big ones. Um, I know that my film, Lady Peacock, was on Hulu uh, a few years back, uh, but the bigger companies don't, you know, you think, you, you hear Hulu, you hear Netflix, and you think money, uh, they're not giving independent films the type of money that they deserve, uh, so I don't really saw anything from that, uh, you know, so we kind of, we almost don't want to, you know, uh, like, we could push, like, we are pushing right now to try to get stuff on Canopy, uh, which is a, a nice, bigger platform, but honestly, we're not, we're just not pushing for that. Um, I think because we want to keep money queer, we want to, you know, uh, those companies don't do that. Um, so we're working with, you know, excluding, you know, we are trying to get, if anyone's listening from Logo, we are trying to get a, uh, you know, a connection with Logo right now. Um, but other than that, we've had success with, you know, the bigger queer platforms uh, thus far. We actually just started working with uh, a big one in Poland ra randomly called Outplay. Um, you know, we have the out TV in Europe, uh, that plays our stuff. So we're, we're on all the bigger queer outlets, excluding, uh, logo at this point. It's all been really positive. You know, some of the smaller ones take a little, a little bit of harassing to get quarterly reports because it is like two people in an office running a, a pretty big company. Um, you know, but besides, as long as you're patient, you know, those things, I get it. I own a small business. I don't have an accounting department, you know, <laughs> like, so like I get that. So, you know, as long as you're willing to be patient with people, uh, you can be very successful in this, in this business. Yeah, I think that's something where we as a collective need to recognize that, you know, Netflix, like platforms like Netflix, Hulu, um, 
and now like Disney Plus and major companies like HBO and just Disney in general that they're not the end all be all of success in the industry. And I think as a collective, we need to really change our way of thinking of how we view these platforms that are queer specific or if they're smaller platforms that aren't as easily marketed, that don't have as much money behind them because they are large companies. You know, they're with what they're doing, what their mission and passion for doing is. And so I think it's something where within the culture we need to reevaluate which platforms we give that money to and you know who we're really paying attention to. And there should be a bigger push for promoting a lot of these platforms. Yeah. Agreed. And and another benefit of, of being on the smaller platforms is they do a lot of promotional work for you. Um, you know, they Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, like if you're small, they're not they're not pushing your content. They're just putting it up there, making you do all the work. And, you know, companies like, you know, these smaller platforms that I work with, they're always, always putting, you know, pushing my, my stuff and, and putting up the poster on their Instagram and, you know, putting out newsletters with my, in my films in it and, and really pushing the content um, where, you know, again, Netflix is, you know, they're pushing the bigger content, their stuff, you know, but they're not pushing, you know, the little guy independent films, you know, they're not pushing those. Um, so, you know, again, as, as much as it, it's more about clout at that point, like all my films on Netflix, which like anyone in the business is like, okay, cool. But that doesn't mean that anyone's watching it. Like, you know, you saw your movie on Netflix, that doesn't mean anything, you know, um, you know, even Amazon, Amazon, you know, again, I do it because people want to be able to put their credit card number in a, in a trusted site, but you know, when you watch on Amazon, if it's on Amazon Prime, those those filmmakers were getting six cents an hour. Six cents. That's it. Like, um, whereas any any of the other platforms that I named today, uh, I mean, Fearless Streaming pays double that. They pay 12 cents an hour, um, which is really good on the, the subscription uh, video on demand platform. Uh, you know, so like, you know, even Amazon, even if, you know, 100 people watch it, I'm making 60 cents because, I'm, you know, whatever a dollar whatever that comes out to um you know amazon's not pushing so as much as it's like oh well they have a wider net the net is only as big as you can cast your you know your rope it's not it's it's not actually you know their numbers do, do not translate to the to how good your film is going to do uh because they're not pushing it it's not they're not sending an, an email blast out about your film you know, these little platforms, they are, they care, so. And see, that's impressive because I think, you know, people are more aware of just how much these platforms really exploit filmmakers, you know, because we are seeing that there's so much more content being pushed out there that, you know, we're getting flooded with content. And when that happens, the value of it, incredibly, just decreases exponentially. And so we're seeing that a lot of these content creators, like just because they're on Amazon or if they're on Netflix or another platform, that doesn't mean that they're receiving the money that they should be deserving, that compensation. Nope. And so 
it's like as an industry, you know, we would rather want to work with companies that are queer focused that, you know, put in the time and effort to make sure that it's the best experience creating content and knowing that there's a great home for that content. But really, what is the future of being able to make a living by creating queer content from your experience? I mean, I think there's definitely, I think, listen, I think um, you're very, very lucky if you make back everything that you spent on a film, but that's any film, you know, that's not just queer films, that's any film, that's any independent film. Um, you know, that's, you know, even if you get the actual release, that does not necessarily mean that you're going to make your money back. Um, you have to be in it because you love it, right? Um, but you can make money, you can, you know, you can uh, get sponsors, you can do things like that. Um, you know, making independent films has to be because you love it. If you're worried about the money, it's just not, it's just not, you know, that's not why you should be in it. Um, however, I've been able to make, um, you know, a decent living for sure off of it. Uh, you know, your, the money trickles in, you know, when I say you're not gonna be able to make your money back, what I mean by that, you're not gonna be able to make your money back in the first two years. You know, uh, you gotta be able to wait. So someone like me has, you know, 20 films under my belt now the first couple are starting to make me money, you know. Yeah. Uh, so like, you know, it's just the longevity. You have to continue to push your films. Um, if you're not pushing your own films, you're not going to make money. You have to be, you have to be on the social media, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing. Um, but, you know, I, I keep about 20 different queer people uh, relatively employed at all times. Um, you know, listen, they're not, they're not making an insane amount of money, but they are making some money. Uh, you know, none of them are mad at me, <laughs> so we'll go with that. Um, you know, uh, you know, and just just keep on pushing. If you love it, you know, everything else will kind of fall into place. So the best thing to take away is patience and understanding that every project you work on, it's never truly finished. You yep. are always working on it, and. Um, you found a way to create sustainability, creating this queer space for queer people, queer creators, and that is something that more people should be doing so that we're able to get more people advocating for these films, more people who are able to promote these films. I think that is the type of amazing work that we need with our community, especially in this industry. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. You know, I'm pretty sure that it's pretty clear that how we want this industry to change is that we want, you know, better representation, you know, with what's being put out there. But from our conversation, you know, we really are the ones who have control over that because, you know, what's being put out in the mainstream is not something that really appeals to all of us within the queer community and it doesn't benefit us. And so, Honestly, really how I envision it, I want to know your thoughts on this, of how, you know, the media landscape should change. It's just queer people not relying on, you know, these big companies, you know, trying to shoot for those, for those people because they want to, they should keep it within the queer community where their art can actually be provided to the audience that it's meant for and that people just need to really pay more attention to these queer streaming services, these queer production and distribution companies and really giving independent filmmakers 
you know, attention that they deserve because they're the ones who are providing that authentic and much more complex representation. 100%. Whenever I hear people complain, oh, I can't find any queer movies to watch. And I'm like, okay, well, did you look anywhere that wasn't Netflix? Oh, well, I was like, no, but it's, I mean, half these places have a free week, right? So like, <laughs> like even if you want to just, t- like, oh, I don't think it's worth the money. You have a week to figure it out, right? So you have a week to watch their content, to tell if you liked it, what they're doing. Like, people are so opposed to, like, going out of their comfort zone of Hulu and Netflix. And then, and then they complain, like, oh, I watched another gay movie with straight actors playing gay people, written and directed by straight people. And I'm like, but you don't have to. You're making that choice now. You're making that choice to not watch a queer, a, a good queer film. You're making that choice. Because um, they're out there. You just have to pay the $4.99 a month. And I used to work at Blockbuster. $4.99 was the price <laughs> of one movie. That was one movie for two days. <laughs> and I was, so when I hear like, oh, you know, $4.99 for, for fearless streaming, I'm like, that's for over 250 movies right now. Like that, like, I don't... <laughs> I don't, you know, understand the the idea that, you know, I'm like, you know, money is used to make those movies, right? Mm. Like, you know, so it's, you know, don't be, you know, you're paying for art, you know? So like, you know, I think it's important that, you know, you wouldn't want a, a an artist to paint something in your house and not pay them. So like, you know, pay a little bit of extra money and support the queer community and support queer films and queer art. Or you're going to be stuck with straight people playing gay roles and your Netflix, you know, abominations of that stuff, so, yeah. Exactly, it's like if you're gonna spend money towards renting something or a subscription and you're queer, keep it towards those queer streaming services like Reverie and Wolf and Kuro and, um, you know, there's so many now. And, and, you know, it's better than showing that out to a company like Amazon where the, the actual funds don't go towards the creators of that. So thank you so much for honestly, you know, having this very honest and, you know, authentic conversation with me about, you know, just the queer film industry. It's really great to be able to understand that from somebody who's working in queer independent film. And I'm just hoping that more people can understand just how important it is to be able to support the artists and the companies who are doing for our community. Yeah. You're very, so important. So important. Thank you. And um, really, last question I would love to know about some films that, you know, are coming out, any documentaries that you're excited for people to be watching from your company. Right now, I'm really excited. I have a short film coming out called Night Disclosure uh, that is um, very playful. Uh, it feels almost like a drama, and then uh, it turns quickly into this uh, romance movie. Um, it's really sweet. It stars Jose Alvarez from Killer Unicorn. Uh, so if you enjoy that film, uh, and Jose was, you know, uh, played Puppy Pup in that, uh, you'll really enjoy Night Disclosure. Um, so that's coming out. That should be coming out within the next two months. Uh, we are cutting the trailer right now. Uh, and then my feature, Guys at Parties Like It, uh, is coming out within the next six months, at least to festivals. Um, we're doing the festival run with the feature uh, to get a little bit more notoriety out there. Um, and that one is going to 
That one is, if you like gory movies, it, you're going to love it. Uh, it is, it is, it's gory as hell. And it's, it, it's, I, I'm calling it if American Pie went horribly, horribly right in the ways of the women realizing that uh, they don't, these men are pieces of shit and that they get what they deserve. Uh, so it's if American Pie went horribly right for uh, the women or horribly wrong for the men, depending on how you see that. <laughs> Well, that concept sounds incredible, and, you know, in line with a lot of recent horror films we've seen, I think that is just right up the alley of what we're looking for as, as a community, so very excited to see it. Yeah. Um, thank you, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's my baby, that one, uh, that one broke the, the bank a little bit, so everyone needs to support guys at parties like it. <laughs> well, I know... I cannot wait to see it. I can't wait to purchase it on one of our queer streaming services that we are happy to promote. So, yeah. everyone, AJ Mattioli from Mattioli Productions. You can follow Mattioli Productions on Instagram and Twitter. Check out their website. That is where all of their films are held, and you can easily watch all of these incredible queer films. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you too.